not cover. So that's, I think that, and from our perspective, whether it's a mascot issue or if it has to do with water rights or fishing, we kind of like have the, the inside scoop on those stories, I would say. And from our perspective, it's a little bit different than you would get it from uh, mainstream media. So I think that that's, that's part of my, uh, the reason why I'm here is to try to tell those stories. I mean, I would love to do something on historical trauma in the boarding schools. Oh, that's wow, a story yeah. that really needs to be told and um, so that mainstream people, that they understand what happened, what happened when our mm-hmm. relatives were in there and um, that is still having an effect on us today. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories today with us. Um, I wish we could keep talking throughout the hour and beyond. <laughs> um, but I wish you a really amazing time this weekend at the powwow. Oh, definitely. I can't wait. I'm volunteering. I chose to volunteer, and that was one of the first powwows that I ever went to in the state of Michigan. So I'm excited to be a part of it and help and, um, you know, to meet with some more of the students, and I have uh, my relatives from Detroit are coming, and uh, I have some friends that live here in the Ann Arbor area that I'll be um, staying with. So it's just going to be overall good time. Well, thank you, Orchi Miigwech. Ah, yeah, Chi <laughs> Miigwech. Thank you so much. Uh, and I look forward to getting to know you better through the Gatherings Society and as I spend time here in Michigan. So thank you again. Okay. All right. Well, um, it was my pleasure to speak to you today. And, um, you know, it's like the next time that you drink a glass of water, if you think about that, this is a commodity that we're going to need for generations. So to treat it and think about it and, um, you know, you can even like say a word of prayer that we would continue to have clean water um, to drink for years to come well thank you so much and uh this is again perfect opportunity to go to a song Brittany. what are we about to listen to so our next song is by a tribe called red and it is moombawell
back, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. You're at Hot in Here show today on traditional ecological knowledge, and we just had a wonderful conversation with Janan, talking, introducing her work around water、um, with the LTBB Natural Resources Commission. And when Brittany said thank you to Janan, she said some fancy sentence. <laughs> Brittany, can you say that again? What does that mean? Yes, I said chi miigwech. Uh, which means thank you very much.、Uh, miigwech、mm. means thank you in the Ojibwe language or Anishinaabe Mohawk. Chi chi miigwech. Yep. Wow. Great. <laughs> And now we have our next wonderful guest on the line, Barb Barton. Are you there? I am. Good afternoon. Hi. So I'm glad. So glad you can be here with us.、Uh, Barb is an endangered species biologist, wild foods forager, singer, songwriter, and founder of the Gathering Society. And she lives in Lansing with her adorable beagle, Tiny. <laughs> um, so I wanted to start it off with just you telling us a little bit more about yourself、um, and finding the Gathering Society. Well, I've, I've been a wild foods forager all of my life, and I learned from my grandmother. She taught me about how to hunt for mushrooms and how to pick hickory nuts and how to go fishing with a cane pole.、Okay. And as I grew up,、um, I found that I was doing those activities pretty much by myself. And So a few years ago, I thought,、oh, I wonder if there's a community out here that can be created、um, to share this knowledge and、um, teach each other, so that these traditions continue. So it was five years ago I started the Gathering Society with a focus primarily on teaching、um, how to forage for wild foods, how to identify plants, tracking things like that, and the groups. Started out pretty strong and fizzled out after a few months, and I figured, well, it's just not quite the right time yet. So, fast forward a couple of years, and my circle had grown much wider, including many more connections with tribal women. And so, I shifted the focus to、uh, a group that is dedicated to building bridges between tribal and non-tribal communities, and then also to keep traditional knowledge alive. So the Gathering Society, in its newest form, started about three years ago. Okay, that's amazing.、Um, as I mushroom hunt as well,、um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not affiliated with any tribe, but I mushroomed for a couple years, and it's definitely taken off.、Um, so that's awesome to hear that there's people doing that. Where are you guys located? Out of Lansing as well? If someone wanted to get involved with the Gathering Society, is that where you guys are based out of? We actually have members all over、uh, Michigan. We have a member from Wikwemakan First Nation.、Uh, we're kind of scattered about, but tend to meet regularly in Lansing,、um, and then we schedule meetings throughout the year、um, at various places. We encourage our members to host gatherings so that we can go out and, and harvest and, and gather foods and medicines in different parts of the state.、Um, uh, if anyone is The, uh, women, it's a women's circle, so if any women are interested, they can go to our website at thegatheringsociety.com, and there's、uh, information there on how to contact me. 
I am interested, and I am going to thegatheringsociety.com. Thank you for with me. Yeah, actually, uh, I had the honor of meeting Barb at the Stewardship Network Conference mm-hmm. as well um, in the Gathering Society, and me and another NASA student went up to her, and we were like, we want to learn more about the Gathering Society. <laughs> and so she was like, well, just come over to dinner tonight. We were like, really? Okay. <laughs> so I went to dinner, and it was awesome, and we got to eat dinner with Grandmother Josephine oh. as well. Yeah, and we sung songs, and then we were singing Chi Miigwech to one of the songs. <laughs> oh, yes. So. Janan's greatest hit. <laughs> yes, Janan was leading that. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I'm a new member as well. Maybe we can travel together. There we go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we do lots of really wonderful things in our circle. Um, we have a very young member. I think she's eight years old. Her name is Skylar. And her oldest member is in her 70s, and we have every age in between. Wow, that's amazing. Well, um, Barb, please, please, please stay on the line with us. But we really w- quickly, and since we were just talking about music and singing, very quickly want to go to a minute of a song that Brittany picked out for us, um, which is the water song by the Gathering Society. Yes. So <laughs> very appropriate. Um, so Cameron, please take us there. And Barb, we'll be right back with you in Alrighty. just a second.
Welcome back to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Continuing our show on traditional ecological knowledge, that was the water song by the Gathering Society. And on the phone with us, Barb from the Gathering Society. Hi. And in the studio, Brittany, still <laughs> leading a beautiful show um, here for us. Yes. So, Barb, can you tell us a little bit more about the origin of the water song and who was singing that song? I sure will. Uh, the water song was written by a woman named Doreen Day, and she wrote it as a song for her child. And the original version uh, is, is a cappella. And um, she graciously shares this water song uh, with everyone to sing to honor the water. And uh, singing on the lead on that was uh, Daisy Costas, and behind her was Karen Arndorfer. Uh, Daisy is a Cree elder from James Bay, um, one of our most knowledgeable elders in terms of traditional living skills. Daisy grew up in the bush, and um, she has just remarkable stories to share, and just a wonderful, wonderful woman, and a healer as well. And then Karen, um, she lives here in Lansing, and she's uh, a drummer and also a healer and does a lot of wonderful work in the community here. And then there were a few of us singing in the background as well. We were up on uh, Wikwemakon visiting our, mem- our member uh, Tekla Naganagizik, and she took us back to this very, very beautiful lake, and we were just standing on the edge of the water singing um, to that wonderful water spirit that was there. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. So are you in, are you in the background of the song that we just heard then? Sell it? Yeah, very lightly. I was mostly focusing on recording it. It, it actually was a video, actually, and um, I just took the audio, audio track from the video. So I was more focused on trying to videotape the beauty of that, of that place. Okay, gotcha. The song was beautiful as well. Thank you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very beautiful. And, and I love uh, Daisy. I told her I was going to adopt her as my grandma. She's <laughs> <laughs> very spunky and awesome. Yeah, Daisy, Daisy's famous. Yes. <laughs> um, so I wanted to see if we could learn a little bit more about your work with wild rice conservation here in Michigan. Sure. Um, I started working with Manoamin, which is the uh, Anishinaabe word for wild rice, back in 2008. At the time, I was working for MSU Extension and trying to figure out a way to build some partnerships with uh, the tribes. I was with Michigan Natural Features Inventory, and it was recommended that we try to do a project. And so Nick Rio, who was the tribal liaison at the time, said, why don't you get in touch with Roger Labin from the Lucky Desert Tribe? He really wants to do a wild rice camp, and um, we could try to get some funding to make that happen. I didn't even know that wild rice grew in Michigan. So um, I was very intrigued by that, given my um, interest in wild foods. So I went up and met with Roger, and um, we're now very, very close friends. uh, And we have worked together um, to basically teach Um, folks about uh, the importance of wild rice to the Anishinaabe people, um, to teach people about the ecological importance of wild rice on the landscape. And that's been done a lot through either presentations at conferences or um, through 
uh, offering traditional wild rice camps where people have the opportunity to come and learn all the cultural teachings. Um, they get to make their push poles and the ricing sticks. We teach them how to, to pole a canoe and how to harvest rice and process it. They, they learn the whole thing at these rice camps, and I found that that's been the most effective way for people to really gain an appreciation of this wonderful plant. This and is I, amazing. I had no idea that wild rice grew in Michigan. Is it all throughout? Does it look like traditional rice, white rice, or? No. Well, wild rice, is, it's a grass. Okay. That grows, it grows in the water, and, and usually anywhere from two to two to three feet deep is its preferred depth, and it grows in uh, rivers and also the margins of lakes that have you know, kind of mucky bottoms or organic bottoms. And there's many, many places around the state. I've documented over 300 sites for it. Um, I've been working on a map of all the locations of rice um, since 2008. And it's very sad because there used to be huge rice fields in the Saginaw Bay and down at the mouth of the River Raisin. Uh, literally thousands of acres of wild rice were there at one time, and it's completely gone now. And so one of my goals is to try, before I leave this this planet, is to see wild rice returned uh, to those areas. And one of my big projects that I've been working on the last year and a half or so is I'm working on writing a book on the history of wild rice in Michigan, which will tell the story of uh, beginning with the Anishinaabek migration here, um, which was basically to find the food that grows on water, which was manoomin or wild rice. And so it starts there and then goes through to the present um, with where wild rice grew and the reasons that it has declined over the years. And then all the work that's being done by a lot of different people um, to bring it back. Most of the tribes have wild rice restoration programs underway now, and a lot of the um, non-tribal folks are starting to put forth some good work in terms of bringing rice back to the landscape here. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. Uh, we'll have to take a trip out with Grandma Daisy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm excited she to meet her. She did say that she sometimes <laughs> knocks people out of the boat. Oh, okay. Unstable water. Unstable <laughs> It's amazing to me to see not only like, well, I mean, with your work with the Gathering Society and also in your efforts for wild rice conservation, this kind of discussion of combining tribal citizens and non-tribal members um, in these efforts together to kind of spread um, traditional knowledge mm-hmm. to, to everyone. Yeah. Yes, you know, it's, it, to me it's very important that in order to heal the wounds of the past and and, you know, to be honest, there's still things that go on today that contribute to the divide between these um, these folks. And so what I try to do is, with the Gathering Society is say, hey, let's get to know each other as people. This, a lot of the, the women who are non-tribal in our circle never in their lives have sat down and talked with a Native person before. And so through the relationships um, in our circle, they're able to learn about issues that are affecting the Native communities and um, things that are important and gain an understanding of the culture. And through that, a respect. And we have a lot of, um, a lot of women in our circle 
work in positions where they can take that knowledge back and share it with their colleagues. We have people that work in state and federal government. We have people that work in tribal governments. And um, it's been just a really beautiful experience. And we actually did a workshop at the Stewardship uh, Conference this year on using the Gathering Society as a model for um, building bridges between people of different cultures. It's all about personal relationships and, and respecting each other's differences and celebrating those and learning from each other. The other thing to remember, too, is, is that all cultures have their own traditional knowledge. And a lot of the uh, European um, cultures that are represented in our circle have long histories of mushroom hunting in the old country, so to speak. And they bring that, that tradition through their ancestors to our circle, as well as uh, the Native women who have their traditions of wild rice harvesting or working with corn or fish or whatever. So it's, it's just a really beautiful exchange. Um, and we're very, very, we're very, very strong circle in, in that we're there for each other. Um, if there's, you know, somebody goes through hard times, everybody's right there in a supportive way. Well, Chee McGlitch, Barb, for sharing uh-huh. this story. <laughs> sure. Thank you so much. You are one of my heroes, and oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I was reading your bio. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know she was awesome, but, man, uh, so I'm really excited uh, about getting to know you better. I was saying this to Janan earlier, too, and learning from you guys about traditional knowledge and harvesting and getting to know the land better. So thank you so much, Chee McGlitch, for coming on the show. Oh, Jimmy Witch for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. All right. So our next song um, is a powwow song by Northern Cree. It's an intertribal song.
Welcome back, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We were just talking with Barb about her work bridging non-tribal people with tribal people、um, to care more about our land, and her work on wild rice conservation. So, Brittany, you just said that the song we heard is a powwow song. Is there a difference between a powwow song and a normal Native American song? Yes.、Please、so,、uh, a powwow song is sung at a powwow,、okay. um, and it's sung by a drum group. So, typically, there are only men who sit at the drum. There are some women drum groups that are emerging.、Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Go feminism. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, usually four to like fifteen men sitting around a drum, and so you all hear them sit. Hitting the same drum、um, and singing at the same time.、Mm. Some songs are just melodies; they're not saying any lyrics. And then sometimes they actually say lyrics in them.、Um, then you can have hand drums, which is an individual person singing on a drum.、Mm. And then there are all kinds of different prayer songs, or like we heard the water song.、Um, so powwow songs are specific to a powwow、mm-hmm. um, and to the dancers. So dancers expect the intertribal to be a certain song or to sound a certain way. But in、okay. powwows, there's powwow song and other songs like the water song or just powwow songs. No, powwow. sometimes you different tribal people, indigenous people, refer、mm-hmm. to them in different ways. But the basic concept is the water song will be more of a traditional song、okay. or a tribal song、mm-hmm. specific to one tribe, where a powwow song can be pan tribal. So any any person from any tribe could sing that song.、Um, Oh, Whheras、okay. the water song was in Anishinaabe Moan, and、wow. it was specific to this area. And I want to make a plug really quickly.、Um, last year, April fourth, two thousand fourteen, we actually had Brittany in the studio with us,、um, <laughs> announcing the forty-second、yes. annual powwow. And、uh, she and Hayden Hedman、um, just did a fantastic job outlining the history of powwows and and some of the different cultural、um, and just like fun things that you can expect there. And so I encourage our listeners to go to hotinhere.us. Go into our archives, find April fourth, and and listen because it's really great.、Uh, you guys did such a great job last year explaining everything that could be expected at powwow. But this year there's a new powwow. It's the forty third annual Dance from Mother Earth powwow. Brittany, what can our listeners expect to find there? All right, you can expect a fun-filled, packed event <laughs> <laughs> with dancing and drumming and lots of food, lots of fried food, which is not good for you, but it's delicious. <laughs> you should try fry bread and wild rice. They do serve wild oh, rice. Oh,、yes. okay, that's what's going to be on my menu,、yes. <laughs> which is usually made the traditional way. Okay. Yes. Gotcha.、Um, so it is open to the public. It is for the public. For the public. Yes, it is competition. So you get to see dancers who compete as their job. Some people.、Um, so it's kind of like a professional thing. Um, and you'll have vendors, so you can go and buy some beautiful beaded earrings or、okay. a Pendleton blanket. Some gifts for a later time. Mother's Day is coming up. Just、yes. as a plug for that. <laughs> I don't know. True. <laughs> Brittany, can you plug in the location, time, how people can be there? Yes. So the powwow is fourth and fifth tomorrow and Sunday. It is at Skyline High School, which is located on two five five two Maple Road in Ann Arbor.、Um, 
grand the doors open at 10:30, but grand entry which is where all of the dancers come in at one time is at noon and then there's another one at seven on saturday then it starts at noon on sunday um there is admission to get into the powwow this is how we pay the competition for our dancers um and for students if you have your student id it's seven dollars for adults it's 10 and then we have a couple of different rates for families and groups Okay, that's amazing. Lots of talent there, lots of food, gifts too. How many how many dancers? How many is oh it a gosh. lot, a few? I'm going to guess. I've never been to a powwow before. This, this will be my fairly, first one. This is a good size. I would say this is a mid-sized powwow. Okay. Um I would guess between 200 and 300 dancers. Um that's yes. a lot of dancers. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like attendees, but no, okay. <laughs> no, there are a lot of dancers. It is very, very, it's it's different. You have to go there to experience it. So I encourage everyone listening to attend the powwow. It is very fun. Okay. Attend the powwow. And um, we're going to go to a song, and then we're going to shift to talking about Britney's work here at SNRE and what Britney has in store in the future as well. Luckily, our the good folks at WCBN are letting us uh, run over by a few minutes. So don't despair, listeners. We're going to get to hear more from Britney after the next song by Pura Fe. How do yep. you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> She's getting good. Really good. <laughs> This is WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. We're airing selected hours from our extensive broadcast archive during the university shutdown. We'll return to live programming as conditions permit. Wash, wash, wash your hands, got to get them clean. Every finger one by one and lather in between. Wash, wash, wash your hands, got to get them clean. Every finger one by one and lather in between. 